Hey, everybody, welcome in. Another edition of The Wrap. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black here on NRM Streamcast, courtesy of Warren RV Storage at 586-977-2770. 24-hour security camera surveillance there. LED-lit parking areas, fenced and gated property. you got your own keypad gate code, and you can get in 24-7. Gates operational 24 hours. They're located on 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren. That's right off Van Dyke, Roger Z, and the gang at Warren RV Storage. And uh, welcome in, my my man. I haven't seen you in a while. I know you're uh, craziness. I know you got craziness going on. Craziness. With the holidays coming up, and yeah, uh, yeah man. You, I see you got a little little Timmy Hortons for me. Thank you. I mean, just show me some love, man. I, hey, listen, I, I got love Chelsea, for you. Dave. Listen, I figured out what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it Brother Eats. Brother Eats Who? instead of Uber Eats. I'm dropping off food. Look Come at me. On, man. Brother Eats. Let me in my little side hustle. You got your little donut there. You only brought me yes. an ice cap. Bro, huh? Hey, Kel- listen, man. Kel- Kelsey listen, wants man. hers. And so does Dave. Look, let me tell you what happened, man. It's like I was walking and it just spilled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, sure. I got y'all. I got y'all. Hey, welcome in. It's Michigan-Ohio State week, or at least it was supposed to be. And a uh, good friend of mine, haven't talked to him in a long time. He's a national champion. The only national champion for Michigan football in recent times. Marcus Ray joins us. Uh, Marcus, uh, welcome to the show, man. How are you? <laughs> Marcus is banging around head. on the video. <laughs> we got his head. Hey, Marcus, are you there? <laughs> we'll get to Marcus Ray in a minute. Hey, Kels, you tell me when he straightens up and he can hear us. You got to love 2000. Anyway, you got to love it, man. Marcus, Good you with time, us? Man. Yeah, I think I can hear y'all. Can y'all hear me? We, we got hear you, you man. We, we hear you. you. Can you hear us good? Yeah, I can hear you good, man. I was over here. I had my speaker hooked up, right? But, I, I you know, I, I got that Michigan degree, man, so I, I didn't know I had to plug it up. <laughs> hey, you get get settled, man. You're okay. Get that camera on that pretty mug of yours. I thought you were used to this. Big Ten Network, ESPN. I thought you were used to this this stuff. Man, I am. It's been a minute, you know, with COVID and all that, but I'm, I'm still out here rocking, man. Hey, listen, I got a Marcus. I got a Marcus Ray story for you, man. Just true story, Marcus okay. Ray story. I met this one. This one, I'm, I first, only time I met Marcus. True story. So, um, you, I think you guys were doing Greek Week, man, in like March, and they played different games or whatever. And one of the ways they raised money to have a basketball tournament, and it was at the little <laughs> intramural. Is it the little intramural, John? Right. And so it was me and my guys, local cats, man. Like you know. Uh, some of us D1, some D2, you know, most of us just guys who grew up together. So we play in this little tournament or whatever because we got we know friends who go to Michigan. So Marcus will attest to this, right? So this tournament, yo, is banging. But it ain't banging because of the because of the basketball. It's like, you know, the 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 hunt the, oh man, girls are out. Oh. I mean, oh, dude, like I mean, cats that ain't <laughs> Cats are playing like on 150, right? So listen, so you know, Mark, and this was uh, so it was Marcus and Cato, and so Marcus and like now, mind you, mind you, Michigan has a team. So some of the Michigan players and like uh, Michigan football and uh, basketball, some of them guys got a team. So me and my guys, we get to the championship and we playing of Michigan's course you guys. Did. Yes, of course, we, of course did. we did. We playing. We in the championship. Now here's what happened though. I swear to I swear to God, man. Here's what happened. One in the semifinals, I look over and I'm like, oh yeah, Marcus Ray and Cato, they just kicking it, right? Kicking it with a with a with a a flock around them. Of course. Man, <laughs> before the damn the before the final start, I see this fool. I'm like, what are you taking this shirt off of? I'm like, come on, man. Like, 
like, really? Like, Marcus and Kato? I'm like, come. well, then they putting damn referee jerseys on. Uh, and I'm just like, come on, man. And they, <laughs> them two was, actually, I give, I give it to them. Until the last two minutes, <laughs> when it looked like Michigan might lose. And at one point, man, I looked over, and I, I, I literally, man, I looked at, I'm like, Marcus and Marcus like, Come on, man. We Michigan. You know we can't let do that. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? That's a Michigan man. So that's my Marcus Ray story. I couldn't even uh, be mad at him. He was like, and he was so cool. He was like, come on, man. He's like, come on, man. You know they Michigan die. We, we can't go up like that. It's like, man, is Marcus is, is he telling the truth? Yeah, man. He know yeah, he know what I'm talking about. That's a true story, man. I was That's like, man, them damn turnovers in that championship game. Them girl, and then they got the girls like two feet from the baseline. Yeah, hey, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> tripping over my hey, 18 future. Man, yeah, tripping, bro, tripping over my 18 future wives. Yeah. Like, sure. <laughs> this dude, man. Marcus, I didn't know you played hoops. He didn't. He ain't oh, had to. Man, he was, yeah. man. I didn't that day, but yeah, I, I got a little hoop in my background. See, oh. by that time I was graduating and leaving, man. So yeah. I had already been in enough fights and all kind of tournaments and all kind of stuff. So yeah. hey, out there know. refereeing, Speaking. and then Cato somehow had a damn out there with a sleeveless of damn referee shirt on. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Hey. Marcus, oh, yeah. we, we we didn't we didn't have you on to talk about uh, Clarence's golden days <laughs> and, and on the basketball court. I have I got you on because it's Michigan Ohio State weekend, and they're not playing for the first time since 1917. These two teams will not meet. Now I know the player in you has got to be hurting, but the fan in you, maybe you're like maybe we you know we got away with not getting an ass whooping. What do you think? Um, I. I don't know how to feel about it, man. Honestly, I would like to see them play the game, you know, but I had a feeling last week when Michigan canceled Maryland, that was the precursor to there won't be an Ohio State game. And I think for a lot of reasons, not just I don't know the COVID situation and the numbers. I didn't then. I don't now. But I don't think Michigan really wanted to play that game. Uh, Hardball's in the middle of a contract negotiation. That would have looked extremely bad because Ohio State was going to beat them down. Like they've been doing, even when yeah. it wasn't a coach. So um, it's just a shame that this game won't be played. But this whole season has been a wash on a lot of levels. It just hasn't been normal. So it doesn't really surprise me. But uh, I feel bad for Ohio State, though, that they had to even deal with that. And even they know Big Ten changing the rule, and there's still no guarantee that a 6-0 and Ohio State will get in if they beat Northwestern. They'll get in if they win that game. Uh, eight straight they've beaten Michigan, and they pounded them. 15 of 16. Last win, Denard Robinson, 2011. He had five touchdowns that game. That was against an interim head coach, by the way, who now coaches in Cincinnati. That was Luke Fickle. But uh, Ryan Day has picked up right where Urban Meyer has left off. That is a hell of a team uh, over there. This year, they might not be as good as previous years, but they're a top four team in the country. No question what about you, it. What are you looking at? They still got guys that are going to get drafted. They still have guys that are going to get drafted on Sunday. and and Early, too. And as much as, man, look, the game is that Michigan was going to get run off the field in the game. What I want to ask you, Marcus, that that I heard the stat that got me, and I want to get your take on it, because until this happens, I don't think this thing is going to right itself. The last six years, the teams that have been in the playoff the most, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Clemson. Clemson, are also the three teams that are sending first-rounders to the league. At this point now – 
that these three programs just have a lock on their easy recruiting pitch, basically, come to Clemson, you'll go to the league. Come to OSU, you'll go to the league. Come to Alabama, you'll go to the league. Did, did Michigan, did they not get that? Did they lose that? Like, what? it just it seems to me like, I mean, this is an arms race, and those three schools are just, like, they have just eclipsed everybody else, and nobody else is even playing. Well, college football has been monopolized by, I want to say, five teams. The three you mentioned, Oklahoma would be in there, uh, and then maybe one other SEC team, whether it's LSU, Florida, whichever one decides right. to show up every other year, Georgia. Uh, but those three um, have dominated. And so what you see now is the best players in the country go to those schools. Um, and regardless if um, they win or lose, you, you know, understand this. The playoff changes everything in recruiting because that's the stage that the best guys want to play on. So when you check the draft, check the playoff, check the five-star recruiting, and they all flow together. Uh, where, where Michigan dropped the ball with this is – when Brady Hope got fired, he left 30 pros in the cupboard for Jim Harbaugh to eat off of, and they all got drafted. Jim took credit for that, but he never restocked the cover. See, they blew an opportunity in 16 when the college football committee tried to force Michigan into the playoff. They wanted to see how Harbaugh would do against those upper echelon, but he blew a two-score lead to Iowa, goes to Ohio State. Whether you get cheated or not on some spot, right. he blew a two-score lead. You, yep. you still blew a two-score lead and you quit in overtime. So I don't give any passes for that as a former player. So nowadays, who's ever winning, that's where the, the, the hot ticket item players are going to go. And 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 so when you don't win and you're going nine and four, then you're going to get some guys that are a little overrated, some marginal four stars. Uh, then you better have some good coaching with that. And if you don't, then you're going to end up with three, four losses. Then you're not going to get uh, those, those top-end players. They're going to keep going to – the Ohio States, and 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 when you make the playoffs, your guys go to the league. That's the way it goes, and that's every kid's dream. I don't care what they say. When they walk in that door, they want to play in the NFL. They say education. I'm sure they do want to do some other things, but nobody's turning down the NFL. Nobody. Marcus Ray joins us, uh, national champion with the Michigan Wolverines in '97. Played with the Raiders. How could you? How could you pick a better team to play with in the NFL than the Oakland Raiders? And of course, he played in NFL Europe. He's been on BTN and uh, ESPN as well. So it's great to have him with us. The you know it's Jim Harbaugh when he came here six years ago. I thought that was it, man. I was talking smack. I was like, we got you now. We got, hey, Michigan State, you're a little brother again. Hey, Ohio State, we're coming after your ass now. And it hasn't happened. What the hell happened, Marcus? Um, I think it was smoke and mirrors. I think I think it was the right hire at the time, even though I took a lot of flack. I thought Butch Jones was the guy. I thought that would, that would have been a better hire from just the standpoint of recruiting. I worked with Butch at Central Michigan. I saw what he did with guys like Antonio Brown. I saw the recruiting that he dealt with uh, at Tennessee. So I just felt like, you know, he would have been a better fit for what Michigan was trying to do um, cause I, because I knew the history. People said, well, look at what Harbaugh did at Stanford. Well, what did he do at Stanford? He went 4-8, and 5-7, 8-5, and, and, and then 12-1 and one with Andrew Luck. So, I mean, we never really saw him run a dynasty, but to be honest – uh, David Shaw was behind that that uh, turnaround. That's why he got the job when Harbaugh left. When he got to, uh, and I'm not discrediting Jim Harbaugh, I'm just saying there were some other people behind the scenes that probably added to some of the, mag the, the majesty that we all witnessed. When he got to San Francisco, uh, Alden Smith, 
Oh, uh, Willis. I think his name is Willis. That linebacker. Yeah, Patrick, yeah, Patrick Willis. Yeah. So that team was loaded. Mike Singletary was acting like the team captain instead of a head coach. And so they got mm-hmm. rid of him. Harbaugh brings in um, Kaepernick, and then they run that cute offense. But there were some other guys behind that. And so college football is ran completely different than the NFL. It was a it was what Michigan needed to hire on paper, but they didn't really know what they were getting. But we never quite saw Harbaugh run a dynasty at the college level. He never won a conference championship. He had one good year at Stanford, and that's what Oliver Luck's done, a kid that was already coached up, destined for greatness. So I think when you come to Michigan, um, you know, 15, like I said, the deck was already stacked for him to do something with it. Couldn't really keep a staff together. Um, There was high turnover there with some of the players leaving, coming and going. And I felt like the quarterback position was like a free agency. Every year was a free agency. And Michigan is a program school. Michigan brings in a guy in one class, like one quarterback in each class, and then that guy will be the guy. And he develops through. When you bring in somebody else off the street into that locker room, it it really divides the locker room because some guys want to see their guy that they came in with play quarterback, not not the hot ticket off the street. and then you start running out fifth-year seniors and guys transferring and guys coming in. Michigan was never built on that. Right. Michigan was never built on that. Show me 10 guys from 1969 to, to 2007 that transferred in and played. Mm-hmm. No way. You're absolutely no way. right. You're Especially at quarterback. Yeah, he hasn't even brought in a top-flight quarterback yet. This is Captain Comeback, man. This is you know the Michigan great quarterback, played for the Colts, <laughs> the Chargers, you, you name it. This was Captain Comeback. How does he not recruit the quarterback here at Michigan? Well, um, I think people could kind of see through it. I mean, we're six years in now, and the thrill is gone. So in year one or two, actually, Harbaugh had a chance to sign uh, Tua before Alabama. Oh. but I, And I'm not getting into no names, but somebody didn't like his throwing motion. Wow. Turned down Tua. Turned him down. So – I think Michigan got caught up in the fact that, you know, Harbaugh didn't want to build right now. I think when he got there, he saw that there wasn't a true quarterback. I, well, Wilton Spate, I thought, was good enough to finish out. And then you go find a guy, start him as a redshirt freshman, sophomore, especially if you plan on being around. But all that grad transfer stuff, it just messed the quarterback room up. Look at Brandon Peters at Illinois. He's having a great team. He can play. Um, <laughs> you know, Joe Milton, is he's underdeveloped. You know, I'm not sure where his head is at and how much he loves football. Um, but but he didn't do well. Shea Patterson, that was just like putting a, a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. <laughs> it didn't work, and it's not working. But I don't know if it's a personality thing. See, when you're a quarterback guy as a head coach and you want to recruit that big-time quarterback, y'all have to be, like, best friends. And, and you know, and, and – Y'all have to click. So let's say a guy like Trevor Lawrence, right? Let's say if Michigan was recruiting him, I don't know if they did or if they didn't. But if Trevor Lawrence is going to come to Michigan, he has to really see something in the head coach, especially a quarterback guy. And I think the guys like those names are saying, you know, the Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence's are like, I don't want to play for him. He's wacky, man. He's he's wacky. I mean, what's what's up with him? I mean. Is he is he taking too many hits to the head and now it's hitting him? He don't look right, man. He looks like a ghost to me. He does. Well, you know, it might be the hits. I really don't know. Uh, but 
something some, something's not adding up. Something is missing just from the program in general. So I mean, we're talking year six. Oh, and uh, it's terrible. Going to triple overtime with Rutgers, man. Should have lost that game too, by <laughs> no way. doubt. No doubt. Marcus Ray joins us, national champion with the Michigan Wolverines. So, Marcus, here's the again, man. Where, where do you? So, and I won't even ask the layup question. Let's 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 take it back because you're still plugged in. What do kids want to hear? What what needs to be said to them in the living rooms? Because clearly Michigan is losing the living room, right? We we can all agree on that. So, I mean, what whether whether he stays or he goes, they got to get better in the living room. How does that happen? Like what you are inside. He's a coach. Yeah, you're inside. So you see what we don't see. Where where are the battles they can win in the living room and and how is and is it even realistic? If you're not a great recruiter, can you just overnight change your stripes? I mean, how does that work, man? Well, that's a good question. Um I don't think you can change your stripes. Somebody has to school you and it has to be part of your personality. So what Michigan has not done in their last three hires, they haven't done their research. They've been very lazy because Michigan has an arrogant mentality. We're Michigan. You yeah. want to come here. Fair. We're doing you the favor. And that's where they dropped the ball. So you so you didn't put no homework in with Brady Hope. And I like Brady. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, no research. Just saw the name. He was available. But didn't really look at what Michigan might have needed. Rich Rodriguez, bad fit. Let me give you an example of what Michigan needs to do. They need to take a page from Ohio State's book 20 years ago when they went and found a 1AA guy that was kicking ass at the at, uh, at Youngstown State, That's had better. a formula that was working that he can apply anywhere. He was the right guy to solve Ohio State's problem. Ohio State had a lot of African-American players that were from the inner city that was fighting and getting in trouble. Ohio State was getting ready to be where Michigan is 20 years ago, 99, 2000. Yep. It was bad. Yep. It was yeah, that was the that was the Drew Henson, the Drew Henson game when they got Cooper fired. Yeah, yep, exactly right. Okay, so when they found Trestle, what they found was a guy who had a a, a proven um, formula for winning. He knew how to talk to people. He he was good in front of the camera, and every word out of his mouth was believable. So what what Jim Trestle did, see, because I'm from Columbus, right? So. The kids in Ohio are going to go to whichever school is winning. If Michigan's winning like they were when I was growing up, we're going to go to Michigan. If Ohio State's winning, then these kids now are going to Ohio State. Ohio State's recruiting my son right now. I got a sophomore. He's pretty good. But You coached him. So, yes, I sure did. And so what, what Jim Trestle did was this. He had a very sweet, uh, sweet formula. He would go to the inner city of, like, let's say Cleveland. Got all them boys out of Glenville. He walked in. He sold the NFL. He sold a better a better quality of living. He sold those parents on the fact, I'm going to take care of your son. So he would walk in and say, uh, hey, Miss Johnson, I see how you're living. I really think that Jamar right here has a chance to be an NFL guy. We're, he can play three years for me, win a national title, get close to graduating. And if he doesn't, he can come back to school and I'll pay for it and I'll make sure he's taken care of. But I think he's got a shot to change your quality of living around here. So you know what Miss Johnson does? She said, oh, you can have Jamar, and you want Chris too, don't you? So, <laughs> so, so Jim Trestle, he would travel to Cleveland and go to the projects by himself and jump out, and everybody knew it was him and who he was going to see. 
And then everybody just followed that path. He sold the NFL. He didn't de- he didn't devalue the education. See, Michigan keeps riding on this. Our degree is better than yours. Well, is it? Is it really? Let's just ask some of the former players doing certain jobs right now that have a degree. But we'll talk about that later. All I'm saying is you have to sell the NFL if you want to win. And that's what Trestle did. He sold the NFL. And then when guys were getting drafted, now you got a pipeline. So give me Troy Smith, Dante Whitner, uh, and all those guys coming from Glenville, right? Teddy Ginn. And, and so now he had Northeast Ohio on lockdown, which is the best football in Ohio, hands down. Maybe not now, but it was back then when Trestle was coaching. And then you start getting guys like he was recruiting Maurice Corrette when he was a peewee player in Youngstown. Yep. He was telling people, when I get to Ohio State, that guy's going to be my running back. And Maurice was 11 years old. Wow. So o- Ohio State picked a guy with vision. He came in there and won. Whether you like how he did it or not, I'm not going to speak on his character, but it's what he did in between the lines and how he got those kids there. It saved Ohio State football. But no, let's they go between the Marcus, I want to do that. I want to go between the lines. So, like everybody else, all I knew about Jim Treshel, man, was the coach, right? But so people that when I and will I really got a chance? So I know people at um, at, at Youngstown State, and so you know when he got because he means the president of the school, like so you know I remember talking to people and it was like, yo, Trestle, and they was like, no, 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 no. They were like, if you didn't know, they were like, here's Jim Trestle. If you didn't know anything about football, him coaching, what what I will tell you that we need it, and the reason why he has been so effective in that position. If he if it comes out of his mouth, it's gold, done. Yeah. And that was the thing they needed as an administrator. And so you think about that as a as a player. What a play, Marcus? More than anything else, players are like, man, dude, just be consistent. And if it's anything that that I've heard just across the rumor mill, and my brother's a coach at a at a at a school in D.C. I won't name because they have a kid on the current Michigan roster. When his kid go back and say, hey, what's going on at U of M? They're like, man, this dude is inconsistent. Like, when when your players know that what's coming out of your mouth is not necessarily legit. Like, Jim Trestle, that for, for whatever, the thing I've heard most about him. He was a salesman. But but when he say, I got you, I got you. All right. And a president of a, of a that's the, a president has to be that. So to me, I think that's what's coming through here is, man, there's some character flaws. To Marcus's point about yeah. homework, it's the character flaws. And maybe the Niners were trying to tell everybody, like, yo, we, what does it tell you when we win and then we trying to get this dude out the door? Yeah, he's, he's crazy, if you ask me. It is what it is. I just don't know who's the next guy for Michigan. That's it. We got, uh, we got like a minute uh, left. Well, it looks like they're going to renew the contract, so. Yeah. I mean, I had a few guys I thought would be really nice. And I think Eric Bieniemy would be a great fit. You think he'd go uh, back to if, college? Yeah, if he didn't get a head job in uh, in January, yo, definitely. I, I think he's exactly what Michigan could uh, definitely would need. I think Urban Meyer would be a great fit. Hey, Marcus, uh, can you hold through the good. can you hold through the break? Yeah. All right, we're gonna come back did and you just we'll, say Urban Meyer. He did. He said Urban Meyer. Marcus Ray said Urban he did. Meyer? He did. I, I said him too, but I don't think he. he I don't think he has the health to come back. To Marcus be Ray honest. wouldn't let Urban Meyer be his. He would. We're gonna oh, talk. We'll talk to Marcus <laughs> Ray more. We're gonna take a quick break, and uh, well, it's, it's a second part of the show. We'll come back with the rap. Clarence Black, Tom Hazaway. Thanks to Kelsey and David B. Stevie Mack helping us put the show together. More on the rap. Brought to you by Warren RV Storage. Back on NRM Streamcast with Marcus Ray after this. 